I believe if you'll pray, God will bless you and bless your family for being here tonight. The Bible said, I'll begin reading the verse 11, chapter 15, the book of Luke. Listen to what the scripture said and look with me as I read the scripture, please. The Bible said, and he said, a certain man had two sons. Let me stop along and say this. If you have two sons, they're different. They're different. If you've got three children, they're all different. Some of them be just mean naturally, just won't, won't behave. Some of them will just be rebellious, and some of them will be meek. That's just their nature. I mean, some of them will be that way. But this man had two sons, and they were worlds apart. One of them just said, I'm going out and kick up my heels. The other one said, I'll be a religious hypocrite. Amen. I don't know which is worse. I believe one stayed home is worse than the one that left. Amen. All right, look, the Bible said, and he said a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, uh, Father, give me the potion of goods that followed to me. And he uh, divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey and went into a far country and there wasted his substance in riotous living. And when he had spent all, notice he had spent everything, and when he had spent all, there rose up mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a certain, to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, but and no man gave him to, unto him. And when he came to himself, boy, that's a great day. Man comes to himself. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants uh, my fathers had bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Uh, but when he was yet a great way off, uh, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Glory to God, business is picking up, children. Amen. He ran. He had compassion. And he kissed him. Boy, I like that. Boy, that's good right there. Now notice verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Glory to God. I'm glad I got a robe tonight, children. Yes. Calvary's robe. Aren't you glad tonight? Yes. Praise God. Yes. Not Baptist, Calvary. Yes. God, I like that. Let's read on. See what the scripture said. And uh, the scripture said, and bring the best robe and put it on him. Boy, what a, what a blessing. And put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf. They had T-bone steaks. Glory to God. Say amen. amen. There's a lot of difference between eating beef and eating husk. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you something. I told you this the other night, and I want to tell you this again. Some evangelists come in here and poor mouth you, and poor mouth this. I'm, I'm eating better. Walk, and listen, riding better, bless God, than I've ever in my life. Now, I want to tell you, I didn't have to give up anything when I got saved but the bill and the slime of sin, brother. I took on everything when God saved me. I hate to hear folks ever say, well, I had to give up so much when I got saved. I didn't have to give up a thing. It's any count, bless God. Amen. But I got so much more, hallelujah, than I ever had before. Oh, what a blessing. All right, let's read what the Scripture said. 
I'll go to shouting here and I haven't even started preaching yet. Bible said, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf, kill it. Let's, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Oh, listen to me. Boy, when that old boy got home, that old boy said, I'm headed for a better country. Let's God, I'm sick of the world, sick of sin. I'm heading out for a better land. I, I want to tell you something it picked up when he got home. I want you to be seated all over the house, if you will. And beloved, would you bow your head for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for the blessings of being able to be back in Valley View. God, we thank you for this church and the dear humble pastor. I, I pray you bless Brother Dewey in these days. Make him a light up here as an under-shepherd to shine out over this part of the city. I thank you for the other preachers that are here. Oh, I pray that you'd bless every man of God. I pray, our Father, you'd bless every mother, every dad, every son, and every daughter tonight. And our fathers, we come to preach. Bless Brother Joe. I thank you that he came to be with us tonight. And I pray as he shall come tonight, dramatizing the part of the prodigal, that people shall see it as well as hear it, Lord. I'm glad you said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm glad that not only will we hear it, but we'll see what God was talking about in this young man. I thank you for Brother Jojo's life. I thank you for the ways he lives for Jesus. I pray that you'd bless him now and bless everyone that's here tonight. And we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me say tonight that I never preach on this subject but what it thrills me. I want to tell you it's a thrill when a man comes to God. I tell you it's a thrill when a person says, I'm going home and brother, I'm tired of sin and tired of the devil and tired of the world. I don't know of anything better than to get up and say, I'm headed to a better country. I'm going to the Father's house. I want to eat at that table. I want to feast with my father. What a blessing it is to get up and start home to God. But tonight this is an unusual strange story about the youngest of the two. And the Bible said he went away. But in the third, the great 15th chapter you find three lost things. I want you to jot them down and study them. But I may give them to you very briefly. He said a man had a hundred sheep and and one went astray. My friend Isaiah said, All we like sheep have gone astray. Turned everyone to his own way. But you say, Preacher, what about the sheep that was astray? The Bible said when the shepherd came home, he counted 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. He said, Where's that black one? That black sheep, the old Mays Jackson. And the Bible said, He loved me so much uh, that he left the 90 and uh, praise God I want to show you something uh, and he started out somewhere uh, on the bleaky mountains of sin uh, where I'd fallen in the crevice below uh, I was bleeding uh, I was lost in an, and undone uh, without God or his son uh, when he reached away down for me uh, I want to tell you something brother uh, he reached away down for me uh, I'm glad I felt that great hand uh, and he lifted me out, put me on his shoulders, and came home and said, Rejoice, rejoice, I found the sheep. Rejoice, rejoice, I found the sheep. And what a blessing that is to know 
Lord that he put him on his shoulders. Now let me say a couple of things about the sheep and the shepherd in and out one. First of all, the shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's called the great shepherd, the good shepherd. And one of these days he's coming back as the chief shepherd, praise God. I'm the sheep of his pasture. I'm eating from a bountiful supply. And what a blessing that is. But a sheep is the dumbest of the animals. A little sheep is dumb. If it wanders one block away from this church, if this is the corral where it lives, it can never find its way back. You can take an old black cat. I can and drive from here to Chattanooga. Throw that black cat out of the car. Turn around, come back to Knoxville. And that cat will beat me home. Did you know that? There's something that has an instinct. But a little sheep has no instinct. A little sheep a wonder way. That's why I'm so glad. Thank God that he's my shepherd. And he knows the way. And he knows the green pastures. And he can feed me. Bless his wonderful name. So we have the lost sheep. The second thing in the scripture, we have a lost coin. The lady wore those ten coins on her belt buckle here. And if she lost one, it was a disgrace. And this woman lost one of the coins. She had ten pieces of silver. And she said, I've got to find it. And she got excited about it. And she lit a candle. And she saw it till she found it. And when she found it, you know what she said? She said, I found the piece which is lost. And come and let's rejoice and be merry. The Bible said likewise. They're shouting up yonder. Overwhelmed that repents and comes home to God. And you talk about a blessing. Now notice this sheep wandered away itself. A lot of young people think, well, I'll get out on pot and dope. And they wander away from home like the little sheep. But the coin was lost because of the fault of another. Did you know my Bible said no man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. As sure as you're here tonight, somebody's got their eyes on you. Somebody's got their eyes on me. Somebody's looking at our lives. And brother, we ought to live for God. What a blessing it is. But there comes the prodigal. And he's the lost son. We have the lost. Notice that first lost one was sheep. The second one was the lost coin or silver. And the third is the lost son. I want to say a couple of things and then we'll dramatize the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son decided to take his life in his own hands. And mister, you're going to mess up because you don't know which way to go and you don't know what to do. But I'm glad about 41 years ago I met one that knows the way through the wilderness. Thank God I met one. He came to me when I was in despair and he picked me up there. And he said, I'll lead you home. And praise God, all I got to do is follow. I'm glad he's the shepherd. I'm the sheep. And I've been following him. But the prodigal said, I, I'm tired of being tied to mother's apron string. I'm tired of having discipline. And brother, our nation's going to hell tonight because we got away from old-fashioned discipline. And the preaching that we ought to preach, brother, it's in these days. I never had any trouble with that generation gap at my house. My daddy never had any trouble with it. 
Somebody said, Brother Mace, did your daddy not have any trouble with that generation gap? His belt covered every bit of that gap. I want to tell you, that's God. He didn't have to worry about no gap. I want to tell you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask my daddy something. My daddy could whip and never miss a lick and change hands. And he'd say, son, it's hurt me worse than it is you. Now, I thought, Lord God, somebody's got their signals messed up. It's a killing me, brother, and I want to tell you something. He's a landing on me. But I knew to move when daddy said move. But we raise them today, and we pamper them, and we say they got to have their ways. But listen to me, my friend, they don't know the way. You'd better get them to God. You'd better bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. You'd better get them in a Bible preaching, a Bible where they can hear the word of God. You'd better get them there, mister. It's a bad thing. It's a horrible thing to see the way our nation is going down the road to destruction. And brother, the home, when the way the home goes, that's the way the church goes. That's the way the nation goes. We'd better come back and put the Bible back where it ought to be in the house. Bless God, we'd better go back to that old family altar. We'd better come back to the place where we'll honor the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the head of the home. And then everything will work out. Now you say, preacher, what happened? He took his own life in his own hand. And he said, I know more than anybody else. And I'm going where I please. And I'm going to do just exactly as I please. And brother, he did. But you know, this is in Luke 15. I want to take it out tonight for a few minutes. I want to put it in my heart, in your heart. I want the thing to live that's just never lived. I want it to be more real than anything that you've ever heard. I want you to be able to leave here tonight and say, I believe I know a little more about the story of the prodigal and what it means to leave God and what it means to go away. But I want you to see that there's a little home somewhere out there near Jerusalem. And one day the dad said to the mother, I've been waiting on this day a long time with, with reluctancy and sadness because today's the day that Jojo becomes of age. And I heard him this morning as he's getting his things packed and I know that he's going to head out. I've watched him the last few weeks. He's been rebellious. He laughed at us when we talked to him about God. He said he's going to live his own life, going to make a name for himself. I want to tell you, mister, that place ends up down in the hog pen and the swine pit. It always ends there. Put her down, it ends there. You say, preacher, what happened? I said, old dad, say, mama, I tell you, I, I heard him packing those clothes. And I believe I see him coming. And boy, the finest looking, nicest looking boy you've ever seen walks in to, with pride and arrogance and self-esteem and comes up there. And the dad said, how you doing, Jojo? I tell you. I'm glad to see you this morning, but I'm sorry for... Wait, wait a minute, Jojo, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to read you a verse of Scripture here before you leave home. Uh, Jojo, I want you to listen just a minute. Lay that map down. I want you to listen to what Solomon said. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth before thy evil days. You don't want to hear me? You don't want to honor the word of God. I see that old daddy lay the book down. And when your child gets to the place that he doesn't respect the Bible and doesn't respect prayer. And I see that old dad. He said, Joe, Joe, just a minute. I'm going to pray. And I wish you'd put that map up just a minute. And he gets down, lays his hand on that suitcase and prays a prayer and said, God, watch over my boy. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he'll run into out yonder except disappointment and heartache and pain. 
but God watch over my boy. And then when he says amen, he gets up and says, all right, Jojo, I know what you want. Before you get it, I want to tell you something. It won't buy happiness, and it won't buy what you're going to look for out yonder in the far country, but here it is, and I, I know that's all, but I want to tell you something, Joe. Now, wait just a moment. I want to walk with you down to the gate. You remember the day you walked down to the gate with your boy? Don't be so hurry. Don't go be in too big a hurry. I want to walk with you. And I see that old dad as he walks through that door. What a sad sight that he is. And takes him down to the old gate. And he said, now, Joe, Joe, I'll take you over here. I, I want to tell you something. I want you to go too fast. You're nice looking and you got nice clothes. And out yonder's a rough old son. Out there's nothing but heartache and, and desolation and depravity and wickedness. Joe, I'll keep a light burning. Mom will keep it burning. And this door, oh, always, this gate will always be open. Never get tired and want to come home. Joe, Joe, I'll be looking for you, boy. I see that old man, he stands there and <laughs> That boy goes down the road. The tears run down that old man's cheeks. He says, Bye, Joe! Joe, Joe, bye! He goes back up and he says to the mother, And you know, Joe, Joe, it's what he, he's gone, honey. I knew it'd happen someday. Uh, my friend, when a person comes to that place in life, uh, that he comes to the forks of the road, uh, and he said, I'm going the way that I please. Uh, you mark it down, brother. It's going to bring him sorrow. It's going to bring him heartache. Uh, my Bible said when old Moses came to that, he chose rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for season. Uh, the prodigal son said, I'm going to better country, but it's only for season because finally got to be in want. Now I want you to look at a couple of things tonight. Number one, I want you to see the sad night. His first night, he got sad already. I see him as he stops at the inn. When he stops at that inn in that far country, he says, I need a room, please. And the man said, all right. All right, what's your name? He said, prodigal. He said, boy, that's a bad name. Put it down right there, prodigal. He said, son, I want you to come to the bar, the booze place. I want you to come over here and said there are women like you've never seen there with their eyes sunken back and you've never seen those kind. Said, you look like a clean cut young man. And Jojo said, yes, sir. He said, your room's up here. If you'll go put your bags up, come on down and see what you're, the world you're entering into. And Joe goes up and puts his bag down and comes back down and opens that door and smells the aroma of the filth of that awful beer joint or honky-tonk or hellhole. And he said, this is not for me, really. Boy, he said, I have never seen anything like this. His heart starts to swell. His soul gets burdened. He goes up to his room, sits down on the edge of the bed. I see him as he sits down on the edge of the bed. He reaches over and pulls off one shoe. And the Holy Ghost said, Joe, if I was you, I'd leave and go back before you get too far. I'm glad, bless God, you hear me tonight. If you're not already in the hog pen, turn around. It's not worth the trip. It's not worth the price. Praise God, you can turn around if you're not already in the hog pen. But I've got news for you if you're in the hog pen. And if you get tired of where you are, I'm glad you can get up and say, thank God I'm headed home. I want you to see him. As he sits on the edge of that bed and pulls off that shoe, and then up, uh, up on the other side, old devil whispers, you're not going to be a wallflower. 
You're not going back. Said, listen, you need to get out here and be one of us and have a big time and dance and kick up your heels and drink liquor. Oh, anybody can do that. It doesn't take a young man. Anybody can live that kind of life. But to take your stand for Jesus Christ and say, bless God, I believe that book. I'm going with God. I'm going to honor God's house. I'm going to honor God's people. I'm going to live for Jesus, young person. It takes some old-fashioned bread. I want to tell you something. I don't ever tell this, but I want to tell you something. My pastor, uh, who's my middle son, one in the University of North Carolina, senior year, one of the three in the speech class. There's a girl there, and here's what she, here was her 20-minute speech. Why I believe in the ERA, and why the women ought to be liberated at things of the devil, whether you know it or not. And then the second one to speak, the University of Chapel Hill in North Carolina, was a young boy, and he got up and said, I'm a homosexual, and I believe that homosexuals ought to come out of the closets. And they ought to be recognized as a lifestyle. And I said, Nolan, what did you do when you got up? He said, I got up and said, I'm an old-fashioned, born-again Christian. He said, I want to tell you why you ought to be born again. Get right with God. Jesus. I want to tell you something, brother. We need people that will stand up for God in this perverse and sinful and wicked generation. Brother, we need people. That'll stand for Jesus. It's easy to go with the world and the crowd and the fads. Listen to me. It's easy to go with that crowd that never thinks about God in the church. But boy, when you take your stand for Jesus down there at school, when you take your stand for Jesus where you work, when you take your stand for God, it won't be easy, mister. It's hard when you take a stand for God. But it's blessed, it's blessed. All right, I want you to see the sadness that followed him down in the far country. Three things happened to him if you want to write them down. First of all, he became penniless. Oh, isn't it sad tonight that some people will live for the devil and he'll bankrupt them and then they'll look back toward God and want God to do something for him. The dear man we visited today had almost got to bankruptcy. Oh, I want to tell you, but he turned back to God. I want to tell you, my friend, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. Thank God there's nothing like serving him. I want to tell you, He's my bread. He's my water. Thank God he's my clothes. I'm glad, bless God, he's everything. And the Lord's been good, and I praise his name. But boy, that old prodigal son spent all. And it's a sad thing. The other day I was going to the airport in Atlanta. My wife said to me, said, Maze, look at you. Throwing that man's furniture out in the yard. I said, stop. And then we stopped, and they were evicting a man's house. And I went over to that man who was crying, and I could tell he was, had been drinking. And I said, Mr., what's happening? He said, they're throwing my furniture out. They're throwing me out of my house. He said, I've lost everything. He said, you know, I'm a booze hound. That's what he said. And he said, you look like a preacher. He said, did you ever have anybody to throw your furniture out? I said, no, sir. <laughs> Woo! 
bless God, I'm glad I could report to him. I've never had anybody to throw my furniture out. I'm glad I've never had to beg for bread. I'm glad that he's clothed me and he's fed me. And praise God, he's taken care of me. But the devil will take everything you have. And when he had spent all, the Bible said, when he had spent all, are you listening? He spent everything. He became penniless. He became penniless. And a lot of people will become penniless. It's a sad thing. Number two, he became friendless. You can go with that old liquor-drinking crowd and card-playing crowd and dancing crowd, but give me some good old saints that believe this book to be my friends. Bless God, I want to tell you something. CJ, I met a friend back yonder, and he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you to the end. And Jesus has been my friend, brother. A lot of people said this, my friend, but they backed off. I've had a lot of preachers and a lot of churches. And he said, oh, no, and that's all right. I don't criticize them. If they want to go that way, they can. But I meet him one once in a while, and he'll come up and say, Preacher, I want to tell you something. I know the same Jesus you know, and bless God, I want you to know I'm your friend. And oh, he's, uh, Jesus is first a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And what a blessing it is because of him. I've met some friends, and it's a blessed thing. I met some friends. Let me tell you about the dearest little friend I ever, ever met. His name was Larry Broom. I preached the Eastside Baptist Church for 25 years, every year. And for many years, little Larry Broom would come to our meetings. He didn't have no legs. He couldn't move his hands hardly. He'd come in a wheelchair. Boy, I want to tell you something. He had a battery on the back of that thing, and he'd mash that button, and he'd come up there after I'd get to it, and he'd say, Hi, Brother Mays. I'd say, Hey, man, Larry. How you doing, buddy? He'd say, I'm going to tell you something, son. He said, when I get to heaven, me and you are going to have a foot race. And I said, really? I said, well, I want to report to you something, Mr. Broom. I'll outrun you when we get up there on the streets of gold. He said, no, you won't. I've never had legs. When I get my new ones, I'll leave you in the gold dust. Praise God. He said, I want to tell you something. I'll leave you. I'll leave you. And then that little boy said something. I never, listen to me, I've never forgotten it. He said, I love you more than your family. And I looked down at that little crippled boy, 21-year-old boy, 22, and I said, what do you mean? He said, for eight years, I've never missed a broadcast. Eight years! He said, I'm there at 10 o'clock on a big gun. And he said, Brother Mays, every two weeks, for eight years, I've sent you a dollar. He said, I can't get out and work. Boy, I want to tell you, that's the kind of people that keep me on the radio. You can have him rich birds. Say amen. You can have that society crowd. I told the preacher the other night, I said, my radio bill's $1,000 a day. You know who pays it? $7,000 a week, $30,000 a month. You know who pays it? Little old Christians across America. What? that believe that old Mace is preaching that word and he's going to stand true. Not going to deny a whole time religion. I reached over that day and I hugged that little old boy. Didn't have no legs and not much for hands. I said, thank you for being a friend. And at that time, boy, I was having it hard on the radio. And I got on the radio and I said, next week I'll not be here. I'll have to be out making up some money. This little boy lived at Villarica, Georgia, about oh, 60, oh, 45 miles below Atlanta. 
and his daddy worked over there in a soup factory. And uh, he looked at the watch that morning, and next Monday morning at 9.30, he went over to the boss man and said, I, I've got to go there and get all messed up if Mays is not only 10 o'clock. And brother, he ran as quick as he could, quick as he could, got in his automobile and got home, and Larry was crying. Larry said he'll be on five minutes if he's not on. I don't know what I'm going to do, Daddy. And so Ray Beal said, WGUN in Atlanta, Georgia, the time is 10 o'clock. He said, I'm sorry to report, Brother Mays will not be on today. He said, he's out making up money. We're going to play records and said, I want you to help him. And boy, when Ray said that, old Larry said, Daddy, open that door over there. And that little boy pushed that button in that wheelchair and went out that ramp and down to the Tallapoosa Georgia Highway, pulled up there and held that little hand up every time a car passed by. Cars from Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York State had stopped and rolled a glass down and said, little boy, can I help you? He said, yeah, I got a friend named Brother Mays. Would you give me a dollar for him? And his daddy told me when he got $25 in that little old lamp, he pulled, pushed that button and came up there and said, Papa, take me to the post office. I got Mays $25. Whoa, you say, Brother Mays. And once I was in Pennsylvania meetings and my wife called me and said, Little Larry died today. And I said, Does Miss Broom want me to come home and the funeral? She said, No. But when you get here Sunday night, We'll go Monday morning to the grave. And I went out to the grave on Monday morning. Miss Broom stood there and the tears streamed down her cheeks. And she said, Brother Mays, did your wife tell you what? I said, she told me about, she, she said, did she tell you when the ambulance came to get little Larry? And they took him out to the door. He looked back and said, Mama, I'll not be coming back this time. Mama, I got Brother Mays' letter ready up behind the clock. Mama, it's got my daughter in it. Uh, after the funeral, send it to Mays and tell him to keep on preaching. I'll be waiting on him on the other side. Let me tell you something, brother. Uh, that's a kind of friend. Uh, oh, you can't beat those kind of friends. Uh, I stood there and sang. I'll meet you in the morning. I said, Larry. I said, bless God, you'll not be crippled over there. I said, you'll not push your buttons over there. I said, you'll have two good hands, two good legs. We'll shout all over that city. He became penniless. He became friendless. And the third thing about that young boy, he became shameless. The devil stripped him of everything he had. I mean a Jew going to the swine pit. A Jew down there with the pigs. He became shameless. Our dear brother over here tonight that said he was a Jew saved by grace. All he could tell you about. Oh, the Jew and the swine pit. I'm theologically wrong. I know I couldn't get saved at nine months, but I'd like to live my life over. Get saved at nine months in the crib. Kick out the slats. Bless God, it was 12 months. I jump out of there and run all over the house and shout glory. I've been saved by the grace of God. Oh, you're talking about a blessing. Brother, it'll be a blessing. And what a blessing it is. But the shame of it tonight. He was in the hog pen and he started thinking. And when he started thinking, Listen to what he said. He came to himself. Oh, listen. Anytime a person comes to himself, 
He's going to think about God. And listen, as long as the devil keep you doped up and liquoring you and keep you out yonder on the trail of sin, you'll not come to yourself. But if you ever get to thinking about God and His mercy, you'll come to yourself. It's the second thing he said. He said, I'll arise. I'm going to go home. Now, bless God, that's a big night, mister, when you get tired and want to come home. Well, that old boy down there today just reached up and grabbed us. I want to tell you, he wanted to come home. <laughs> Woo! Bless God. We arrived at the same time. Say amen over there, honey. Bless God, you talk about a time. We had a time. And oh, the blessing. But then the Bible said he started. I see him start out on his way home. And that mother, she's cooking. That dad was had the fatted calf up so fat you couldn't see his eyes. And boy, they're waiting for that day. And they said, you reckon JoJo's coming home? You reckon? And then that dad said, I believe I'll walk down and take a look. And he went down and put that old hand up and said, I believe I, I see him coming way down the road, a speck in the road. He said, I believe I see, maybe it's not JoJo. And his wife said, yes, I believe it is. I believe I see him coming. And way down the road, a boy starts down the road. He's not proud. He's not high-minded. He's not lifted up. But he starts home humble in rags. And I see that old dad say, yes, it is. I can't sing too good, but I believe it's Mojo. Yes, that's the way. That's old Joe, honey. I hear him singing like he did when he was in Bible school. Oh, thank God. He's coming home. What a blessing. Praise God. That old dad says to his wife, he said, honey, I believe I'll go down to meet him. It's been a long time. I, 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 I want, honey, he don't look too good. I tell you, I, I, he don't look good, but I know it's Joe. I see that old dad he said, come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. I want to see you, Joe. This is what he's singing, honey. Oh, he's singing. I'm coming home. That old dad gets down. He said, I don't think I'm standing. I'm going to get him. Praise God. You don't look like you did when you left, but your head's not high. You're ragged, but son, you're welcome back at our house. Oh, you're welcome home. And I believe that old dad said, wait a minute, I don't want to look at those rags. He gets back here and said, Mama made you something nice while you has gone. Mama made you the, the best robe and put it around him. And Joe, I want you, Joe, I want you to stand here. 